So hello and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes and I'm your host. And if you're unfamiliar with the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about talking to women who have gone through a challenge, an obstacle in their life, and they're going to share that journey, how they overcame it, the lessons they learned from it, and give advice to anybody out there who may be going through something similar in their own life. And today, my guest is Brandy Joy Collier, and she was born the 23rd of June, 1979, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She was the youngest of her mother's children and her father's firstborn. From day one, she was not born into love, but rather a place of hate. Her parents were in a toxic relationship, which ended due to lack of trust and infidelity. She thought that all men leave their children because they were not good enough, and their dads had to find other families to take care of them because God gave them a bad batch of children. Brandy kept this horrible vision in her head as her father, brothers, and biological father of her daughter had also done so. She would spend many years of her life searching for the right career and many jobs that did not fit her because writing kept calling her name. She had even more obstacles placed in front of her when her only child was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder before her fifth birthday. Fast forward to June 2016, Brandy's daughter Amira graduated from high school and the next month after that, she got married to the man of her dreams, Gregory C. Collier Jr. They have been happily married for two years now. Also in 2018, Brandy re-released her first fiction book, No, I'm Just Protected, and on September 20th, the sequel of God and Justice in ebook format will be released. Brandy wants her story to be a lesson to women, men, or anyone who feels stuck in a destructive hold pattern. They can get out. And there is life on the other side of whatever situation you may find yourself in currently. That no matter what or who you are, you can live the life of your dreams. And I love that, Brandy, because that's really the theme of the podcast as well. So why don't we start off with you sharing your journey? Wow. Um, in my 39 years, it's been a long journey and it's been a lot of ups and downs. I would not say you were to try to like, pretty much trying to like gloss over it, but like, I like it, like my, my body said in my bio, I was born, you know, the youngest and I had a lot of difficulties because of the fact, um, I went through the issues. You know how every parent has a favorite child with neither of them. I was a favorite of neither one of them. You know, my dad had another daughter he took care of and she got everything. And then even to the point where like my so-called aunts and cousins would tell me to my face that it, all the way up to high school that I wasn't his kid. And like, I was actually banned from an aunt's house of mine. When I asked my mother about it, she had like, she don't know what's, what's the deal. Then I have a brother, my, like I'm, I'm 40. I'm, I have brothers that are in their 50s. So as a, my youngest brother is always been the favorite and anything he does or says can be used against you in a court of law. And I had to, <laughs> I, I had to deal with being not protected. I had to deal with being not cherished. I had to give my own self-esteem because I didn't have my parents to put into me. I mean, it was like a little simple stuff I had to learn on my own. I never forget the first time I had to, um, I learned to ride my bike and I had to ask my neighbors to do it because nobody was around to help me out. I spent a lot of time up to myself. And then when I try to do things on my own, like I wanted to be a journalist as a kid. And because me being an African-American female, I was told that I couldn't do such. You know, um, I was told to do something easier that I could make money and sustain myself. 
And I knew from a kid, I never wanted to be a survivor. I wanted to be a thriver and live. I never wanted to, and there's nothing wrong. If you want to be a hairdresser, that's your thing. I'm good at doing hair. I just hate doing it. I guess because I know that's not what I want. I'm also good at, you know, being a, a nurse uh, at a home health care aide. I did all of this stuff and I hated it because I knew I didn't want nothing to do with any of it. I wanted to take and impact people. I wanted to write books, eventually make movies. I wanted to be who I was born to be and not who people were trying to shape me into. And so it fast forward until now, I spent a lot of life and my life with bad relationships, not trusting men, not trusting females because of the simple fact, some of the damaging things I got from my own mother to my own face. I never forget. I had just had my daughter and she saw my nose had spread, you know, you get pregnant, everything spreads. And she told me, because we both worked at the hospital at one point in time, the same one, that I needed to save up my money to fix my nose and get a tummy tuck. Oh, wow. To my face. Because my mother's a very pretty woman, but she's vain. The problem is I spent my whole life trying to be like somebody who had no sustenance. My mother is very, and my parents are very money-oriented, materialistic-oriented. But if you talk to them past anything, you will get absolutely nothing in return. So I was the oddball that stayed with books, things of that nature. I stayed to myself quiet because I didn't have enough confidence to be who I am now. Now I'm an author. And even now I got people telling me I can't, it won't work, you won't sell none, you won't make no money, you should have stayed in your professional career. The thing of it is to spend this life in in something that you absolutely hate just so you can take and make do, it's not acceptable. That's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to be happy. He created us to be happy, not to be miserable because we're growing and full of bills. We were never meant to just to pay bills, work, and die. That was never our destiny for anybody who's listening to this. I don't care how many kids you got. I don't care how many how many obstacles you have, even if you have poor health. Because like I got diagnosed with cancer at the age of 25, but I had enough faith in myself to say the doctors was wrong, and they were. I went and got three um diagnoses and then I wind up not having it having to get a large tumor the size of an eight pound baby out of my stomach at twenty five. They tried to attack me again at twenty at thirty. It didn't happen again. It wasn't it wasn't so. It's it's all in what you put into yourself. It's all in how you see yourself. It's all in what you speak into your life. You can speak just like you speak negative and be around negativity, you can speak life into your life and refuse the things that people try to throw on you. The labels, the mis the misunderstand words and callings. Because I have spent a lifetime dealing with that and now that I'm older, I now understand that I gave people too much power over my outcome. People who were f- afraid to step out on their own that transposed their fear onto my life. And if yes. anybody is listening to me out here, know that you can say no. It doesn't matter if they're your family or not. They don't know your future. Only the creator who creates you. I don't know what you believe in, what anybody believes in. But whatever you believe in, whomever you believe in, you know that you were created for something bigger and better than what you are right now. And you keep feeling it. That's why you don't like your situation. I didn't like my situation because I knew I was called for better. I knew I had to embrace better. Even with me having a child that was autistic and it broke my heart because everybody blamed me for her diagnosis that I wasn't a good parent. I didn't do my job. And at first it was the fact that she stopped talking and then it was like, I must not be doing my job. But the doctor said something was wrong and I kept saying something was wrong, but because like my daughter's 20 now. So you're talking about like back in the early nineties, 
when there were no girls being diagnosed with autism. So they're telling me right. my child is deaf. And I'm going all over from doctor to doctor. I didn't drop out of school. I was I was in college and I was the top five percent in the country. And between I had dual admissions at Temple University and the community college that was in Philadelphia. I had to give all of that up. Are you talking about sacrifices? There's some sacrifices I had to make to get here. This book that I had, I had to re-release it because it was so many mistakes that I made because I had virtually no help and no guidance. But, but I still do it. The thing that I would tell people right now, you make the mistakes, don't let people take and bar you up and jail you up because you make mistakes. Because what happens is the people that take and um they they take and judge you and take and and, and, and point fingers at you because you made a mistake publicly, they've done worse privately and they're just using that to get to escape you as a scapegoat in order so that no attention is paid to them. I've lived right, it so that I've they can lived, feel better about themselves. Right. And I've lived yeah. it, I've lived it even up to now. It's like right now, my life, I could be honest and open. I went through a phase where me and my husband, my husband's a musician, we were both trying to work, make ends meet. We lost everything and have to rebuild. And I said, okay, that's a sign that we weren't supposed to be here and where we were supposed to be was was away from the current situation because it was all negative. And we had to learn to listen to ourselves, our inner man, our spirit, and get up and do what we were called to do and not what we were told to do because of what other people's expectations for our lives is. And that's just how I got here was because I got tired of being everybody else's lap dog. I could help everybody else with their life, but when it came to my own, I wasn't equipped to handle my own life. Don't ever think that you can't handle what you would place in front of you. Yeah, you shared a lot there, a lot of advice there. But I think that it's so important to um, to have the confidence to believe in yourself, no matter what yes. the people around you are saying. Because when you when you're not in that place, it can be so easy to be led astray or um, or controlled by the beliefs or thoughts of other people. And I think that my favorite Wayne Dyer quote is that quote that other people's opinions of you are none of your business. And I love that because. You know, we have no control over what other people will think or say about us. So why do we spend so much time <laughs> and energy worrying about that stuff? Because at the end of the day, you know, to sound a bit cliche, haters are going to hate, right? There's nothing you can do and they're going to say what they want to say anyway. So You're absolutely you can right. jump through hoops and you can do cartwheels and try to please everybody else. But it's it's not really going to make a difference in the greater scheme of things. And even if they're happy, that happiness for you jumping through those hoops and doing those cartwheels is momentary. It's not going to be that they're good forever. And they, now they love you unconditionally. Right. It's like, okay, I'm happy that you did that for me, but that's not going to stop them from wanting more. So you have to just come to a point, I think where you're just good with what you're doing. As long as you're happy with at least as long as you know where your actions are taking you that you just have to hold your conviction to that and keep doing what you feel called to do and stop worrying about everybody else in your life. Because I mean, the resentment and the anger and the frustration that can bubble up from that is not worth the time or the energy either. This is true. Cause one thing I would also say is don't be scared to hurt somebody's feelings with living a life. You're, comfortable with 
See, if people are in control of you to the point that when you try to do things that make you feel good and they have a problem with it, it's their problem, no matter who they are. I have been with family members and stuff like that, even my own parents. I try to go for something, and you would think I was going to go try to kill somebody, but no. <laughs> it's because the simple fact they were artists and they failed, and they were artists. Both my parents are extremely talented and let it go to waste listening to other people who did not have what they had. Mm. When I'm talking about great, I'm talking about great. My father could have been the next Gordon Parks and listen to a bunch of people who didn't even finish high school here in America. Are you kidding me? Right. Don't you, and, and if, if I could ever tell anybody who's listening to this, don't you ever let anybody bring you down to their level for comfort because people will. Regardless if they're your mother, your grandmother, your father, your cousins, your best friend, yeah. you have to take and take that on. And sometimes it's hard to say that because, see, when you're a child and you receive this kind of abuse, it's it's hard to fight that because you don't know no better. Right. But once you get older and you see outside that it's not normal what you're receiving, you get the help that you get. You help yourself. You heal yourself, and you get up and you move. Because the problem is, if you stay in one spot, they will kill you spiritually yeah and your dreams i think it's so important to um and i think i've said this in other interviews is to surround yourself with positive people and that might not be family it might not be your current friends but you've got to go out there and connect with people who can lift you up and go outside yeah it's you have to because if you don't have yeah if you don't have that support then Everything is just so much harder. And those big dreams that you want to achieve are not are going to be a lot harder to achieve if you're trying to do it all on your own. So you need to find the right mm-hmm. people who, you know, yes, will give you constructive criticism because you don't want somebody who's just going to tell you you're super fantastic all the time. You need somebody to check right. you. <laughs> you don't need a gold star and a, and a yes man all the time, but you do need somebody who's realistic. Yes. You need somebody who's going to give you Yes, you did great, but you know what else you could fix? Yes. Um, or like that, but not, oh, you're horrible. You don't have no talent. You don't need that type of dumping and any type of negativity no. either. So you have to find balance. So in order for you to find balance, you have to look and see what balance looks like. Yeah. Because sometimes in these situations, and, 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 and you, people grow up and don't know what balance looks like. Because in this society, we live in very much unbalanced territory. That's, I mean, it's either one extreme or the other. You know, if I even have to tell somebody who's like in my age bracket of 39 and above, your life is not over. Some of the biggest millionaires started in their 40s. The best is yet to come. (laughs) And in their 50s. So it's like, no, you got rid of the dumb stuff of 39 on down. That's how I say it. And now that the dumb stuff is gone, you can focus because you have none of the stupid crap and the priorities is actually tighter now that you're in this age bracket. I read a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I read how so, so many people started at 40 and higher. You know, even like uh, um, the junk food guy of uh, Colonel Sanders, right. KFC's chicken. I call it the junk food guy because he's just like, is he's made people chunky all over the world and he started at 65 it's just so much things you're supposed to do 30 and 30 that is a lie all of you who are out here and you too Sandra you have so much more so much potential so much bigger than what it is right now 
And it's just the fact that you can't look at the clock because the clock lies. <laughs> it shows you the reality of time and it lies and tells you you can't do it. You can do all of it. Yes. Everything you can do. I don't think it's to. ever too late to to make your goals a reality. Mm-hmm. Randy, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned from your journey to date? Not to listen to those who have not done it themselves. Hmm. That's huge. That's a, that's a huge one. <laughs> <laughs> because I spend a lifetime of people acting like they're such a masters at something they haven't even attempted to try. Right. And even when I would turn around and go, hey, well, you telling me all this, how did you find this out? It was either something they watched on TV or something they saw somebody <laughs> else do, but they yeah. didn't do it themselves. So I said, no. well, okay, so you don't even, you can't tell me what to do about this. Like, for instance, marriage. I had so many older women that were single trying to tell me what to do. I said, were you ever married? Oh, I only was married for two years. Oh, I've never been married. I would never listen to anyone who has not at least a 10-year span in the marriage game to tell me what am I going to expect because of the simple fact it is a lot of single people that have the wrong concept of what marriage is. It's a lot of married uh, yeah. people that have the wrong concept of marriage and then they get then they then they get their feelings hurt and then they don't understand why because they were taught by whatever movies and T V cultivated and not dealt deal with the fairy tale and not with the reality. I would never if they've never done it themselves, I look at them and go, well, I, I, I can't really point me to the person who you found that out from. Cause right. I'd rather talk to them <laughs> than for you to sit here and tell me what I need to do and how I need to do it. And you have no clue of what you're talking about other than repeating what you just saw on television. Or you read in a book somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's huge. And I, and I've, I've given that advice to myself is that you want to get, advice and guidance for people who are where you want to be not people right. that have been where you have been or where you're at right now you want yeah advice from people who have actually walked through the fire already <laughs> can give you an idea of how hot it's going to be <laughs> exactly i'll even take the people that's a couple of steps ahead of me and they'll be like yes. oh, you know what i'm i made a mistake here don't do this turn, turn around yeah because i made i did the same thing you're doing um save you a lot of time and money do this and do this, and I guarantee you it'll come out a lot better. Now, I yeah. respect somebody who even was a couple of steps ahead of me and could tell me what to expect because they just went through it. Yes. Over somebody who is sitting on the sidelines. and I, I, It's connected, what I'm about to say, to what is another piece to that is never, never take advice from somebody who's constantly sitting still. Yeah. If you're constantly sitting still and I mean, every area of your life and you are mundane and they have a routine and it is so boring and they have never done anything past the square box they've been put into, that's the last person I want to listen to. That means they have never stepped out of that square box that somebody else dictated and gave them the final lines of their own life yeah. or what they're, what they're supposed to be. Nah, nope. No, absolutely. Yeah, you want people who are we're taking steps to grow and to learn and to elevate themselves. Those are the, mm-hmm. those are the kind of people. Cause if, yeah, you know, that quote of a rising tide lifts all boats. I like that because yeah. that whole concept yeah. of, yeah. you know, everybody it's, working together to bring each other up is that's where you want to be. That's the, that's the kind of environment you want to um, be a part of. Yes, indeed. I agree. 
Randy, what advice would you give to somebody who's who's stuck right now, who's got that peanut gallery, as I like to refer to it, of people, even probably their own self-talk, telling them that they can't and they shouldn't and it's impossible, so why bother? Like, what kind of advice would you give them? And I have been there exactly what you're talking about verbatim. I think I, yeah, I think we all live there at some point. (laughs) Oh my God. And occasionally the key peanut gallery comes back. I often, sometimes I often get quiet and listen to the peanut gallery because it usually comes from a place of jealousy. Yeah. I wish I could have do what you're doing or you're attempting because they're trying to stop you from getting ahead of them. And I, sometimes I have to breathe and just take a step back. What was my purpose in trying to do this in the first place? Like, okay, I can tell a good story. I am funny and I know this. So why not be able to put it on a piece of paper? I can even give, make it a tragedy. You know, I know what works and because I'm a good storyteller and I'm a comedian and everything like that, not professionally, but if you got to know me, you, you, you just, it just, it just will be in your sides for sure. But it's like, because I love creating things and putting things together, and I used to put stories in my head and right as a kid. That was my segue. That was my haven. And 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 God and I believe in God. And God always let me know, you know, this is where I put you and this is where you're supposed to be. I mean, I was writing stage plays in elementary school. I used to read, you know, um, Macbeth and, and like uh, mm, Romeo and Juliet. And I was like an eighth grader. You know, uh, I didn't, I wasn't the norm. So because I wasn't the norm, I knew I wasn't going to fit in anywhere. So the one thing I would say is when the naysayers come, back off, number one. Number two, stop telling them everything you're going to do because you're not going to get a positive outcome from everyone that's in your life. Because as soon as you start changing, they're going to feel uncomfortable because you're changing and they're not. Number three, know who you are, be comfortable in who you are. So therefore, can't nobody tell you what you, what you need to be doing. And then another thing is follow through with yourself. Make goals for yourself. Do the deadlines. Do the stuff. Put it together for yourself. And it's not about nobody else's opinion. When you're satisfied with what you're doing, everybody else's opinion don't matter. Now, sure, you may want to ask people, like, say, if you was a cook. So you're going to ask some people to taste test it because, you know, what you may like might be nasty to others. That's different. You know, you want to need test subjects for that. But if you're putting together something that's going to satisfy your soul, your mind, and who you are truly and not what people are trying to make you into, that is that is more important than being popular or being loved by a bunch of toxic people. And even as you become more aware of who's toxic around you, you do have the right to tell them to stop treating you that way. That's the other thing. Another thing is you also have the right to distance yourself from the negativity. If they choose to continue once you make them aware how you make it, how they make you feel, that's just it. I, 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 I'm all about self-preservation. Your mind is a terrible thing to waste and your mind going crazy over other people is even worse. I just think that you, you shouldn't give your essence to people who will throw it away. And it'll make you feel like nothing just because they can. There's a lot of people out here that's like that. Yeah, I think that you raise two big points there. Number one, protect your dreams. Because there are a lot of dream killers out there who, when you share the things that mm-hmm. are really important to you, that you're trying to achieve, are going to tell you all the reasons why it can never happen. So I think, yeah, mm-hmm. you have to be very protective about 
your dreams and aspirations and share it with the right people at the right time, right? Because Mm -hmm. I, I think when you're in that cultivating phase of your goals, you really have to keep it to yourself. It's as you get the ball rolling and you need some help and guidance that you share it with people who you know or believe can point you in the right direction. And, um, and I think the other thing that you mentioned is this whole idea of setting personal boundaries, because man, I tell you, if you're not careful about who you're spending time with and who you're allowing into your inner circle, then that's where you run the risk of having those energy vampires (laughs) come into Mm -hmm. your, into your life who are going to suck the joy out of your life because they are so negative. Yes, ma'am. And if you, (laughs) and I mean, you know, you can try to uplift them because again, we go back to this rising tide lifts all boat thing, but there are some people who are quite comfortable in the darkness and being that negative individual and, and you there's have to nothing, cut them off and leave them you on have the to. Yes, and no, regardless of what title they may have in your life, whether it's a parent, a sibling, whoever, that you mm-hmm. have to be willing to do that, again, like you said, for self-preservation, because this is about keeping you of sound mind, body, and soul. Because if you can't mm-hmm. do that for yourself, then you are truly of no use to the people in your life who need you, who want you, who you want to be your best for, right? Whether you're, you want to be the best mom, the best wife, the best sister, the best cousin, whatever. If you're not taking care of yourself, you cannot be that for those other people because I don't know how many times you've heard this whole thing of you cannot give from an empty cup. But I think there's so many of us who are running on like a quarter tank, if that, and trying to... I think you're being too gracious. I think right. they're running on fumes, negative. Yes, <laughs> negative. And you know the if we were ta- if we were a car, like the gas light's been on for about twenty miles, and we're still trying to to squeeze another hundred kilometers or kilometers. I'm sh- messing up my stuff here, but you know what I mean. Like squeeze I another hundred. I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah, but squeeze another hundred miles into that when it's not going to happen. And then you wonder oh. why you ran out of gas or why you're suffering from burnout or why you're chronically sick. And it's because you're not giving yourself enough time to take right. care of yourself. To and that's where bitterness to give. comes in also. Yes, and resentment because you're not... Because you're, you're giving, giving so much and no yeah. and nobody you're around a bunch of people that don't care that you're running on fumes. No, That's because the they're thing. so used to because I think for a lot of us, especially as women, we're so mm-hmm. used to giving of ourselves that this whole idea of take of self-care is something, you know, we hear so much about it these days. And I think for a lot of people, they still treat it as a luxury. Well, who I don't no, have time to take care of myself. I think it's a, it's and a necessity. And, and women need to shift from that and stop. Yes, it because it's, it's not. It's not. Especially me as a mother, it is not. Uh, it's not a, a, a luxury. It is a necessity because it's either I take mental health days. I call them mental health days. If I don't <laughs> take mental health days, I yeah. will be in the I, I love me jacket in the padded room because I need that space <laughs> to decompress. From my mother, from my daughter, from my husband, um, from my writing. I didn't write for a week because I needed to stop for a minute. I was doing so much writing. I'm halfway through done my third book now, uh, which is the next one in line after of God and Justice. 
And I realized I am getting headaches every day. I was getting upset. I looked at my husband like, you want to eat again? I got to <laughs> fix you food. Yeah. Can you get some cold cuts and leave me alone? It was like to the point. And so it took something simple of me getting a pedicure, me getting my hair done, me going to the bookstore and sitting for hours and reading about absolutely nothing and everything at the same time. Yeah. Sitting there to getting a Starbucks. And another thing too, I would suggest those who are trying to get the circles together and they have a bunch of negativity, do not be afraid to be alone. Because there may be a time you have to clean up your entire shelf and get rid of everybody. Yeah. And start from scratch and rebuild yourself. And heal and recognize it's okay to feel like those have those feelings that people tell you to bottle up because they're guilty and they don't want to deal with how they hurt you. It is yeah. imperative that you heal mentally and physically. If anybody's listening to this, I'm a firm believer in writing being a therapy. Write your feelings out if you can't tell them. If you're not going to a therapist or anything of that nature as of yet or don't feel like you don't need to, write it out to get it out for you so your spirit can start to heal. Because if you don't, you will be bottled up. You'll, you, it'll, it'll not be good for you. You won't be able to move freely and those things you desire because you're bottled up with anger from when you were a young lady, from when you yeah. were sitting, you know, from when you when you were when you were brokenhearted by that love, that love that didn't work out. Um, you gained weight, you know, because of stress. That's another thing. Don't allow the stress to take you and make your body in some place where you're sick, you're overweight, you're unhappy, you're in a prison of your body because you allow other people to be in control of your life instead of you. It's, it's a lot of work, but it's when you do it, it you're so it's worth it. You're going to be so yes, much lighter for it because yeah. you're going to get get rid of that baggage that you've been carrying on to holding on to for such a long time. And yeah. um, and you'll get to release those blocks. And I think that when you do that work on yourself, when you take the time to be alone with yourself and just kind of really work through your stuff, that that's when it, it almost feels like magic starting to happen because you've cleared out the it's channels a and feeling. yes. And stuff starts to flow to you in ways that you didn't even imagine were possible at one point. But um, I think that when you do that inner work, whether it's going to a therapist, journaling, you know, writing a book or even put it, doing it as voice notes in your phone. I don't know, whatever you, however you need to express yourself. Maybe you're an artist and you need to paint it out or sculpt it yeah. out or whatever. But find that channel to even work it out. Release. Even if you gotta yeah. take and release that energy and take yoga, go get on a treadmill. You know something. I mean, swim, but yeah, you have swim, to find a way. Until you turn into a duck. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that that's the thing, right? You've got to take the time to work on yourself, do the work, clear those, clear the baggage that's been holding you back, and really free up those channels. So that all the blessings, because I think all the blessings that we want for our lives are waiting for us. We just have to clear the way. And I think that a lot of the times the path is blocked by the past. And um, once we let go of that stuff in entirety <laughs> and. Um, yes, yes. In its entirety, not partially, not just hearing that all of it, it all has to go. It all has to go. None of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, but once you get there, you'll start, things will happen and you're like, well, I would, 
I was, I've been waiting for that opportunity for the past five years and now here it is, but it's because the, I believe whether it's God, the creator, the universe, whatever you want to call it, it rewards your commitment to creating a better life for yourself. So when you are committed to it, when you're taking consistent action towards those things, you are rewarded for that. And you'll start to see the blessings come because you're doing the work. You know, God helps those who help themselves. So you've got to do your part. And I think that you have to have the faith that those blessings are waiting for you and that your work is going to be rewarded. You know, as you talk about thinking we're rich, that whole chapter on persistence, right? He talks about the yes, fact that, you know. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that book. Yeah, because when you are focused on what you want and you're going to do it by any means necessary, you're not going to let the peanut gallery or the haters or your own mental self-talk talk you out of doing that stuff, you will find a way to it. It might not happen overnight. It rarely does happen overnight, but it will come. And and it does. And as a woman of color, I have the I, I have the advantage and the disadvantage because sometimes my own people they talk negative to the point that it's like oh my gosh you don't see the forest before the trees and you think your life is over at forty five it's really not it's no. just beginning and it's just the mind frame and the mindset of well those I grew up around and it's like wow you really didn't know your potential. You really didn't know who you were and how much of an impact you had on the world. And the worst thing is worse is when somebody dies and they never knew how much of a great effect they had on the people to their absence. That's the worst. Because you never knew how much you were an asset to so many because you were so abused and, and, and mistreated and undervalued when you were here. But in their absence, you started to see how great you were to those who you are around, but when you have ungrateful and negative people around you, you cannot see the forest before the trees. It's just, it just doesn't happen. And it's sad. I've lost a few friends this year and last year because, you know, due to stress and due to them not, um, you know, not knowing their worth. Once somebody took their life and they didn't know their worth, they know how much they were because there were so many people that were in her ear saying she was not worth it you know, saying that she didn't have value. And yeah. if anybody's listening to this, whether you become famous or you're up front or you make your money and you're behind closed doors, but you've done something so great that changes the world, you're a uh, value. A value does not only come from Instagram and being up front and, and being seen at all times. Because what I found out from my husband being in the industry that Sometimes it's the people that's behind the scenes that make those people a front that they better move yes. more money. And and don't get caught up in what you see everybody else's life and think it's better than yours because they look like they have more money. It's all a concept and a lie. I'd rather have it's peace of mind and happiness of my mind and of myself than to be up front like some of these celebrities who are miserable. And yeah, they look like they got the great bodies and everything else. Yeah, because they have hundreds of people around them to make them who they are at night when they go to bed. Trust me, they're sad and they're just depressed. And they're and some of them are even suicidal, but there's nothing one stage to make you look happy and make you happy for whatever ticket or show that you ever pay for, whatever movie you watch. Just know that it I, I, I find and the reason why I mentioned because I find a lot of women 
comparing himself to the Kardashians and the right. uh, uh, the curvy, pretty, made bodies made on a table. I was going to say very manufactured. Look, you know, the cookie cutter body that seems to bring all the men. And then they look and see what they have and think that they're less than. No, you're not. You're so much more than your body. Your body is just a, is just an asset. It's like the cake. It's like it's not the cake, but it's the icing on the cake. But what right. your mind and your spirit possesses is far more valuable in this world and in a good relationship than what your hiney looks like in a bikini. That <laughs> y'all gotta understand that. Yeah. Brandy, I really enjoyed our conversation. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Yes. To all my writers, um, I would say this. This is a quote that I always use. When they talk about you, keep writing. When they say you don't, when you say you're weird, keep writing. When they say it won't work, keep writing. When they say it's not even worth reading, keep writing. Because see, who you are is on those pages and not the prison of society. It's the, those defining lines of what society puts you together with and try to match you up with, that's not you. Who you are is in those pages and what you can create makes you a better person and it makes you and it makes you uh contribute to society, whether it's in the arts or politics or history. You are important because you are a writer and you are a scribe. And scribes keep history alive and vibrant. So I would suggest Keep going at the face of, of your adversaries. Keep going at the face of how you feel about yourself. Because the simple fact of it is, there's somebody who's going to want to read what you put on those pages. Thank you. I love it. So for those of you who might be listening in your car at the gym or somewhere where you don't have access to the show notes, um, you can go back and find the show notes and you'll find the links to learn more about Brandy, what she does and where to find her books. And um, I think that's it. Again, thank you so much for taking the time, Brandy, to do this interview. Thank you very much. I appreciated it. And I thank you for your time. And for those of you listening, we will see you next week.